Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. And you're listening to Season 2, Episode 3 of The The Castle Chat. Chat. Welcome back, everyone. We are so excited to be here with Episode 3. Today we are going to be digging deep into one of my personal favorite movies, Frozen. Frozen 1 and 2 Oh, yeah, we're doing a double feature here. Um, We know that Disney is all about heartfelt messages packed into a cinematic masterpiece, and we are going to break down... Frozen 1 and Frozen 2 for you so we can unpack all of it. You got it. I'm ready to get started. Let's do this. times I'm going to squeal in this episode but it might be a lot prepare your ears prepare your ears everybody because it's frozen time court has been highly anticipating this particular recording since we started we had a little bit of a battle for who was gonna go first (laughs) honestly before all this I was like I just want if we're gonna do a Disney podcast we have to do an episode on frozen like even before we even started this thing. That was the basis for all podcasting. Oh, absolutely. It was just as long as I can talk about Frozen at some point in time, I will be okay. Yes. And here we are. Here we are. It's 2021. We have a podcast and we are talking about Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> so excited, guys. Okay. We are going to jump in first. This is how this episode's going to be, just so you can get a sneak peek of what's ahead. We are going to go through all of Frozen 1, some of the box office, the emotional messages, and some fun facts. Go through all that, and then we're going to switch over to Frozen 2 and do the exact same thing. So, let's start with Frozen 1. <laughs> Just Frozen. Just Frozen. Frozen 1. But, the original. Yes. So, Frozen was released on November 22nd, 2013. Ironic that that is essentially the date that we're recording on just several years later um so this i remember when this movie came out i saw it in the theater and this was actually my little brother's first in the theater movie experience wow i remember taking him he was two years old he was definitely engaged and intrigued by what was on the on the screen he loved the music and that's the the keystone or um, core memory for me in <laughs> this movie is my little brother experiencing going to the movies and seeing a Disney movie and being enthralled and enamored by it. Um, but he and I were not the only ones to experience it that way. This movie <laughs> was widely popular when it released. So the total take-home for Disney on this movie was $1.2 billion. Billion. Yeah, with a B. <laughs> and the total budget for the production of the film itself was $150 million. So they wow. almost 10 times over got back in what they made off the movie just in the box office. Yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, obviously for any film company or... Um, I don't know what the appropriate term is, but for any company that produces films to have something give you back way more than what you budgeted Mm -hmm. for the film is a huge success for them in general. And so not only was this 
was it a success for Disney and just the income that they made, but it was also a huge success in the American family and honestly families worldwide in their yeah. home. I mean, Let It Go was on repeat. They played it on like the regular radio. I remember driving and listening to like hits radio and they would play Let It Go. It was... Uh the song of that year and probably the year after oh yeah every as well. single kid i babysat that was the song they requested yeah and we would twirl around like elsa and sing let it go yeah and um the film in terms of awards took home two academy awards one for best animated feature and best original song for let it go and then it also took home tons of other awards including golden globes critics choice directors guild awards uh, Kids Choice Awards and the list goes on. So I mean, it was widely popular in in this culture and cultures worldwide, and continues to be like a classic film that I think kids that have kind of grown up in this two thousand yeah. plus generation have for sure seen. I mean, everywhere you look, there's something Frozen. <laughs> it's it's hard to imagine now what society looked like before frozen like took over in all the stores and online and in music and and just i feel like everywhere you look now you'll find something Mm -hmm. with elsa and anna's face on it yeah i think something that was interesting and look at it looking at all these numbers is that um at the time since then i think it's been surpassed but at the time it became the number one grossing animated film of all time it surpassed Toy Story 3 to take the number one spot, um, which obviously Toy Story 3, mm-hmm. we've had some conversations about that, but that was a big deal um, in it terms of big deal. The, the people anticipating that film. And this being an original film, Toy Story 3 was a sequel, so people kind of knew what to expect and were excited mm-hmm. in anticipating that film, whereas this is the first of its kind. Um, it was based on the story The Snow Queen by Hans Christian Andersen, um, which is, you know, almost 100 years old, the story, by the Mm -hmm. time they make this film. Um, So it's super original, something new, and a new princess film for the Disney company, which is always, you know, going to be a big hit. I think this film did so well because it was, it was another Disney princess film, but it took a totally different approach than any other of the Disney princess films that we had seen in the past. It was Mm -hmm. very connected on these, the idea of sisterhood and family and less on like, and they lived happily ever after with a prince. Right. It, it took that twist and turn that I don't think people were expecting because it, you know, every other Disney princess movie they had ever seen, that was always the ending. Yeah. I, I don't think there was ever a tone aside from the funny thought of Anna one of the main characters mm-hmm. you know falling in love immediately it was kind of making fun at other princess movies I think where it's like we meet we decide to get married and live happily ever after in like a 10 minute span <laughs> um, and I think that they kind of took an approach to that saying like hey we're gonna call this out mm-hmm. and you know call it what it is but the tone for the movie was never like finding true love yeah, but I, I love that. Yeah. Because I think it opened up the door. <laughs> love is an open door. It opened the door for Disney to be more creative with the way that they present their princesses, mm-hmm. too. Yep. Um, and we see that now in so many of the newer Disney princess films, that mm-hmm. these princesses get 
more authority and and the ability to kind of create their own story that's not centered around this romantic relationship and yeah i like that they did that because i think that really did open up the opportunity for them to continue to explore that more yeah you know that um trendy tiktok song that's like i'm not at disney disney yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they trick me is like that idea of like every disney movie is about like the girl finding the guy Mm -hmm. and they live happily ever after and that's not really reality most of the time it's Mm -hmm. that fairy tale notion and so this said we're gonna you know they said we're gonna do this princess film and give something familiar but we're gonna remove that you know romantic relationship aspect of what it means to be a princess from the narrative and I think that spoke very strongly in the society and culture we live in where we have a lot of people pushing, you know, feminism, women empowerment, and all of those things that um, it's really important to see a woman being represented and known without the man beside mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I definitely think that's a that was a powerful move by Disney. Mm-hmm. And that, it also makes me think a lot about, as we start to break down the emotional message behind this movie, and one of the main points that I had for this was that Um, It's really a great metaphor for how unhealthy it is for us to repress our emotions, but specifically for, like, women. When I think about women in particular, they are often told to kind of keep their emotions back Mm -hmm. at times and um, take that backseat and not be strong and independent. And I think that this film shows that with Elsa really specifically where she is has these powers and she's trying to be who she wants to be but she feels like she has to literally conceal her feelings conceal her powers and because that's what a princess is supposed to do and that's what a woman is supposed to do and I think Disney did a really good job of allowing Elsa to come out of her shell and out of her gloves and really stop concealing all those feelings and emotions and be who she is and and express that emotionally Mm -hmm. i think that's really powerful and yeah i think it partners really well with this whole like sisterhood bond not focused on a romantic relationship but more focused on just the emotional side of having to deal with what she was having to deal with yeah i think for elsa's character for those of you if there is anyone out there who actually hasn't seen frozen the quick plot oh, yeah. of the you film. You haven't seen it. I just assume everybody at this point has seen it. I would, I mean, <laughs> there might be a handful out there that haven't seen it, but the quick rundown of this story is that there are two sisters who are princesses to the kingdom of Arendelle. Mm-hmm. Their parents, um, uh, their parents are the king and queen. Mm-hmm. Elsa, who's the older sibling, is born with these magical powers. And those magical powers happen to be these ice powers. She can create snow and do all of this kind of like avatar airbending but with yeah, she ice. Yeah, just like shoot ice out of her yeah. hands. Um, and the way that the story goes is, you know, there's a little bit of an accident. She hurts her younger sister, Anna, and it all of a sudden turns this fun power that she's born with into something she's afraid of. And she doesn't want to hurt anyone. She doesn't want anyone to know she has these powers. And she starts to conceal that, you know, this is a part of who she is at a very young age. Mm -hmm. And that builds this wall for her um, growing up. And there are all these little side things that happen. Their parents have a tragic 
passing when they, you know, are on a ship and Anna and Elsa are faced with, you know, inheriting this kingdom at a young age and also just not really being sure of themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's this journey of self-discovery for them in having to lead their kingdom. And Elsa has this incident where her powers are revealed and in a reaction and a response to her being upset and so then people start calling her a monster they're afraid of her and she runs away and in her running away she's able to just say you know forget the kingdom forget everybody else in Arendelle I'm just going to be me and Anna's journey is to get her back and bring her back to Arendelle and Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like a a big picture summary summary. that was good um, without giving too many details and um, I think the kind of going back to what you were talking about, Core, is that for Elsa's character development specifically, it's kind of that transition for her of like doing what is expected and proper mm. and polite. Yeah. And changing that into doing what's healthy and realistic. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times. Um, if we're, you know, specifically talking about women in um, today's culture and society, you know, being nice or saying things a certain way or having an expectation that we fit this certain mold. Well, it's, tr- like, it's like what you said when you said um, when she has that incident where she does, you know, release her powers and people are calling her a monster. And it, if you connect that to Autumn, like if you... I think about somebody bottling up their emotions and then having a really bad day and spewing those emotions out and it being perceived as this like really nasty situation where it's like if you're too emotional then you get a bad reputation Mm -hmm. and like you said women are taught to or a lot of not just women I think um, men are often Mm -hmm. taught this as well that you're polite and passive that you don't upset other people Mm -hmm. and Um, I think men also struggle to express their emotions because they're supposed to be the ones that just kind of carry on. Mm -hmm. And if they break down and are emotional, it's almost perceived a lot different than if a woman breaks down and is emotional. Like you said, it's like, oh, dramatic versus like, oh, this is something that must be wrong with this person because men aren't supposed to express emotion, which I think we have to erase that perception of society because we are all as human beings allowed to feel emotion mm-hmm. and allowed to express it um and just because you express emotion doesn't mean that you're being over dramatic i mean i think that obviously in certain situations there's a time and a place to express emotions sure and i think with maturity and over time you learn how to balance that really well but to to have this idea that certain people should act a certain way because of who they are, um, I don't think it's fair to just the the authenticity of someone's personality. Mm-hmm. I think too, it's there's something to be said about that specific moment with Elsa where she has bottled up these emotions mm-hmm. and how she's feeling for so long that somebody just says something that pushes her to the brink and she has this big reaction versus you know had she been able Mm -hmm. to handle how she was feeling and talk about it and be open maybe that wouldn't have happened and people wouldn't have immediately gone to oh my gosh you're a monster and I think that's kind of another thing with you know the idea of 
therapy or just talking about how you're feeling in general like bottling things up can lead to these big reactions and responses when we're not meant to hold those things in yeah and so I think for her character the downfall that she has at an early age is that she's told her her parents actually tell her to conceal Mm -hmm. her powers because Mm -hmm. they're fearful that she's going to hurt somebody yeah I think if a a parental figure of some sort or somebody older than you ever comes to you and tells you that you want to you want to respect their wisdom and their knowledge but also that can be damaging and not very healthy for you like Mm -hmm. I think there's a time and a place to lean in and listen to those that are really trying to give you like wisdom but also being able to be in tune with yourself and knowing what's best for yourself yeah and I think a lot of a lot of um that ability comes from growing up and and maturing Mm -hmm. because when you're younger I think you should listen to your parents and um they obviously are put in your life for a reason to guide you but just because they're put in your life to guide you doesn't mean they're always right and it's harder to make that decision when you're younger because you don't have the mental capacity to wrap your head around what they're saying and if it's true or not right and so I think as you get older it's good to almost look back and and figure out kind of what your parents taught you growing up and if you now as an adult believe that to be true and what that how that resonates in your heart today um and pursuing your own type of health through that whether like like I said like what, what, what you said therapy or um gaining other wisdom from other people in your life that aren't your parents because I think people are placed in our lives for specific reasons and that could be really to to guide us in different ways than maybe our parents would have that's for a more healthy um direction man that just got really deep I know that's just, we're just... <laughs> but it's like I these I think it's really important to talk about it because we we live in a society today where mental health is um, becoming more and more common to talk about um, when it should have been all along. Yeah. It should be something that's common to talk about. And so I'm personally, like me, I, I go to therapy and I, it's hard, but I enjoy being able to work through my emotions so that it prevents me from keep like bottling up my emotions mm-hmm. and having these big blowouts like Elsa would have. And it still happens and I still work through that, but like therapy is a good thing and it's in, it's these people are supposed to help you and guide you through these everyday struggles that you have to just make them a little bit more easy to cape, to, to cope. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What are some of the other messages you want to talk okay. about with this movie? So some other messages really is that like, I think one of the biggest thing is just the focus on family and how important that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you see these two sisters who have lost their parents that are learning how to love each other. And almost be each other's parent because they they have to be in a way. Um, I do love seeing that in this movie. Also, like being unapologetically you. Mm-hmm. We I love seeing Elsa's character and personality develop throughout the movie as she comes to discover her powers and stop hiding and say like, no, like this is who I am. This is what I was born with, and I'm not gonna stop being who I am because of that. Right. I think it's a very good message for 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 young women who are discovering who they are and um I think that's great yeah I think with Anna's character again with Elsa shutting herself off and wanting to be you know away from the kingdom Anna doesn't get an opportunity to experience life really they're literally locked behind the kingdom walls and I think there's kind of a theme 
throughout the whole film are like around doors and mm. the word door love is an open door um there i mean you can probably find the word door in almost every song and the idea behind closing and opening a door and mm-hmm. anna who is this happy-go-lucky free spirit wants to experience the world has had the door closed for her and hasn't you know because that same idea of respecting somebody who's older than you and maybe a little bit wiser she thinks that well if elsa thinks we need to keep the door shut to keep everyone safe then that's what we'll do and i'll just go along with it and so she doesn't get to go out and experience life and as soon as the doors are open she's just gung-ho like i want to fall in love i want to get married i want to do all these things <laughs> and uh, she has it makes a- sense why she's a little naive because she's yeah. literally been living behind these closed doors for so long yeah and so i think that that kind of speaks to um naivety and immaturity and growing up and needing to you know have the doors opened for you here and there and if you believe that someone is withholding you and closing that door for you you have to know when it's time to to open it yourself and yeah. step out into the world Ugh. and grow a little bit um yeah, this movie is just all around yeah there's i mean i think you could probably pull individual parts of the story and kind of dive into each of them individually yeah um one of the things that i probably could dive into most is the whole Elsa transformation of Mm -hmm. going from you know this scared teenage girl who's supposed to be queen and she's fearful of everything she doesn't want to hurt anyone and then she just kind of reaches her breaking point and runs away but in Mm -hmm. that running away discovers how much more free she can be if she accepts those ice powers that she does have and say you know this is a part of who i am and i can actually do some really incredible things including building herself a ice palace on the side of a mountain it's fine you know if home inventory's you know low just go Mm -hmm. ahead and build your own house yeah (laughs) there's i mean the whole let it go scene and saga there are so many little individual things to unpack an example would be like when she's first creating that ice palace and she's building the steps when she uses her powers the ice at first is like jagged and hard but then she kind of like takes a breath and puts her foot on it and it becomes nice and smooth and so i think that that's like her understanding herself and this one thing that seems like something scary and sharp and jagged can actually be a really beautiful smooth gentle thing and um in addition to all of the little visual changes in the palace and and the things that she's doing with her powers her outfit change and her hair change are obviously a big deal um her collar that she's wearing with her dress like starts really high up and the colors that she's wearing are a lot darker and then as she like creates this new dress for herself it lowers the neckline so she can be a little bit like it's like this, she can the, breathe, yeah. the thing that she was living in was choking her, and now she can breathe a little bit, and the color is lighter. And her little cape that she had <laughs> that she says the cold never bothered me anyway with, like she gets a new one, but it's more translucent and clear. And so it's like that heavy burden is lifted off of her shoulders. Um, and then her letting her hair down. I mean, everybody kind of knows the analogy of let your hair, let your hair down, girl. <laughs> um, and so she 
legitimately does that and is able to kind of loosen up and sit in who she is mm-hmm. as Elsa, not just a queen of Arendelle with these ice powers that nobody yeah. understands. The other thing with that, though, <laughs> just, I love these deep and now I just love this. The it's other so thing, good. the uh, the only other thing that I want to mention with that is there's this whole thing for me personally, which I think starts to tap into that sisterhood journey and bond. Um, but she, in that moment when she decides to step into herself and her identity, she also isolates herself. Mm. She's run away from people who know and love her. And she, when Anna comes and is trying to be like, Elsa, what's going on? She shuts her out and it causes more damage and more, more issues for them in the storyline. Um, yeah. But I think that it's important whenever you are stepping, it's okay to have those moments of I need to be with myself to learn who I am, but also isolation is not healthy either. Mm -hmm. And so it's not until she can get to a place where people that she trusts love and accept and understand this transition and transformation that she's made that she's no longer isolated and living alone in this ice palace. Absolutely. Okay, I'm done. No, that was amazing. I, <clears throat> excuse me, I loved that. That was. I'm a visual person, so seeing those moments where Disney has a visual, we talked about it a little bit with Moana, mm-hmm. um, but the visuals that these animators put together that. So many hidden gems. Yeah, they're, they're, the little details tell a story, they're all intentional. I didn't even really think about the, the outfit change from the dark almost choking outfit that she was wearing to something lighter freer brighter Mm -hmm. just i love that now that i now that i know that i when i watch it i feel like it's gonna feel even more powerful don't worry when we get to frozen 2 i'll do it all over again oh i can't wait i'm so excited okay (laughs) let's get through some fun facts before we switch over to frozen 2 because we still have so much to unpack here um we found a bunch of really just fun things about the movie so we're gonna just go back and forth a little bit and share those with you guys um, so like Kate said at the beginning, this um, Elsa's character was based off of the Snow Queen, which took, which was from, you know, almost 100 years ago. This movie took about 70 years to make because they had this concept of the Snow Queen, but didn't really know how to make it into an actual Disney movie. And so the fact that they now have Frozen and it's based off of a concept from so long ago is really interesting to me. Originally, they had Elsa listed as the villain. I love the idea that Disney has a stack of ideas just sitting on a table waiting to be turned into these it's, amazing stories. It almost scares me. I'm like, what do they have sit- What do they have? They probably have so many ideas. Once upon a time, I feel like I read something specifically about Pixar. It was just like a list of ideas that they had that haven't turned into movies yet. And I was like, you should literally make all of those. They're amazing. Oh, I'm sure. But anyway, okay. side note. All right. A live reindeer was brought into the studio for study purposes when making Sven. The details, I'm telling you. Like, what? That's crazy. All right, what we got next? So one of the fun facts that we have, kind of touching on, again, attention to detail. They had these trips where they went to Wyoming, specifically in the States, and they just immersed themselves in snow for days. (laughs) That's so crazy. And they brought costumes that kind of had the same elements that the characters wore so they could see how they would move in like wind snow and the elements that they were animating in like i just think that that is 
you don't think about that. You think that these people sit at computers and just animate, but they have to do all of no. this research to make it. As uh, That's why this type of animation is mind-blowing because it truly is as realistic as you could possibly make a cartoon character. Mm -hmm. And just like that much work just to figure out how a, a co character's costume will move in snow, which is such a small element of a movie mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. But they took a whole trip for that, which just shows Disney's dedication to making these films the best that they can possibly be. Yeah, if you want a more detailed look into what this looks like for animators there are some things on disney plus that yes. you can check out that have i mean like full hour long episode on the breakdown of how these animators come up with this stuff oh yeah and we'll get it we'll explain more of that in a little bit when we get to frozen 2 speaking of animators 600 animators worked on this film for two and a half years that's a lot of people hundred animators yeah again things that I've learned from these things I've watched on Disney Plus, like a single animator will be handed like two scenes or like two little segments mm -hmm. of the film and they spend months and months and months and months and months perfecting this little yeah. tiny, it, like it comes out to be like 30 seconds if in the that. film. But you, like that's a lot of people and a lot uh -huh. of time going into these, t I mean you sit there and you watch the movie for an hour and a half and you're not considering i mean that how no much work went into like a little 10 second segment yeah it's wild <laughs> it's crazy yes okay and um a film favorite do you want to build a snowman mm -hmm. almost didn't make it into the film That's they were crazy. they were planning on cutting it like more than once <laughs> i'm not sure why they thought that that i i mean we, we will never know uh frozen without that song in the film no. but it's I mean, I feel like I do that randomly. Like, if I'm knocking on a door, I'll knock on it with the way that Anna knocks on it. And I'm just like, do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's become like an iconic knock now. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> okay, this next fact is very, very amazing to me. And also goes back to their attention to detail. Adina Menzel, who is the voice actor of Elsa and also who sings all the amazing songs in the movie, um, she would sing for the animators. And the animators would study the way that she would breathe when she sang the songs so that they could animate Elsa's body to breathe correctly when she was singing. Wild. Breathing. Animating. Breathing. Like, yeah. that just is so mind-blowing to me. And also, so much been, must have been so much fun for Adina to come in and just be like, all right, I'm just going to sing. You guys are just going to study the way my body moves. Like, I mean, I would love to be one of those animators. Like, just have Adina Menzel do a small performance just for me. So, oh, yeah. Excuse me. Can you do that one more time? <laughs> yeah. Could you please sing that one more time, please? <laughs> yeah, that one, that one was really fun. Um, okay. And then this taps into our Disney theories. We've mentioned this before, but <laughs> I think these ones are fun. So there's actually a moment in the film where you can see the like back of Flynn Rider and Rapunzel's head. And that kind of has made Disney fans go a little bit wild with the connection. Like why would Rapunzel and Flynn be in Arendelle? And mm -hmm. there are all these different theories stemming from like maybe Rapunzel is a sibling or a cousin. Um, I've heard one recently of that, like Rapunzel and Elsa were actually twins because they both have these magical powers. 
and like somehow got separated at birth and like Rapunzel's like it's like fire and ice that's kind of a, a, another random fun fact is like the difference between Anna and Elsa is kind of like a fire and ice comparison mm-hmm. where Elsa's obviously the literal ice <laughs> and then Anna has like red hair and mm-hmm. she's got freckles which are like an indicator of being in the sun and little things like that where they're complete opposites but the fact that they're opposites and still able to love each other and make all these sacrifices for each other speaks even more loudly um to the importance of that sister bond um but anyway that's kind of a side note on the whole rapunzel and flynn i actually cameo like that um that appearance i think a lot of people now know about that cameo but if you don't there you go flynn rider and rapunzel back of their heads in front of them (laughs) okay disney's this is disney's first film directed by a woman jennifer lee is the director of this movie which i am just like pumped like this movie about sister power and just like woman empowerment in general is directed by women yeah so jennifer lee and chris buck co-directed were co-directors for this film but um this is kind of jennifer lee's like big like her in terms of her resume and what she'd done before this mm-hmm. this was kind of one of her first like major things which is really impressive that you know she stepped into this role (laughs) and was like yep uh, this is gonna be one of my first and it's also gonna be historical (laughs) yeah wow her her resume now incredible (laughs) yeah chris buck um a classic disney film that you know and love that was also co-directed by him would be tarzan Mm. so he and he's had he was on Pocahontas, Emperor's New Groove, a ton of other Disney films. So he's kind of um, has a had a big resume within the mm-hmm. Disney company. Um, but for Jennifer Lee to step into this and not really have a pre-existing repertoire of being a, a big time director, she That's a nailed it. <laughs> and on that note, that is our wrap up of Frozen 1. We are going to shift over to Frozen 2. Yeah, so starting back where we started with Frozen the original um again this movie continued to have the directors of jennifer lee and chris buck this movie was released on november 22nd 2019 exactly six years to the release of the first one which i did not know that until i looked up the release dates how awesome that they did that yeah. the exact same day they're like we're gonna time this out perfectly and that is quite a big gap between both movies typically when you see sequels in disney we see them not pretty instantly but i mean you see him within like two to three years um this was a big gap especially for such a popular movie and i think the the gap was intentional because they wanted they knew how successful frozen was that they're like if we're gonna make a sequel we've got to put a lot of time and effort into this to build this out because people are expecting an Mm -hmm. amazing sequel yes and they knocked it out of the park again in the box office this movie frozen one made 1.2 billion this movie made 1.4 billion in the box office it became the 10th highest grossing film of all time just film (laughs) like including live action and animation um and it was the second highest grossing animated film of all time with its release i think it was second to the lion king Mm. which is shocking but again i think lion king was like just highly anticipated for what the original was and i don't think it met the expectations i definitely think that the 
Frozen sequel surpassed Lion King in terms of crowd reception, mm-hmm. audience reception. Um, it was nominated again for plenty of awards. It was nominated um, for a Grammy this time around for the music, um, as well as the Academy Award. I don't. It did not win Best Animated Feature, but again got nominated, which is pretty impressive for the sequel Mm -hmm. because sequels don't have really a great reputation with awards and being popular and so um for it to also get nominated for an academy award was a big deal um yeah absolutely i mean that these awards are so prestigious so to even be nominated is a big deal let alone win yeah for sure um but yeah, again, obviously it was a big hit in the box office when it came out and everyone was super excited um, to see Frozen. I think something that, again, echoed in this film that was a big deal. A lot of people, I think, had the expectation that Elsa was going to have a romantic storyline in this film. Mm. And, you know, there were lots of theories and people thinking that she was somehow going to find a partner of some sort and that's what this movie was about and again it was not it was not had nothing to do with a romantic element for Elsa um and I really respected that they kept with that they didn't kind of fall out of the theme of that first movie either yeah I mean with this movie they definitely um expanded on Anna's romantic relationship which I think is definitely a sweet addition to this movie but keeping that main character as the continuation of the discovery of who she is I think is very um important and I'm glad that they did that I remember when the trailer came out for this movie and I was like whoa this is not this is this movie is going to be dark because the trailer was very different than the trailer for the original Frozen. Oh. The trailer for this movie had Elsa standing in like the pitch darkness in front of the ocean and her like racing towards the ocean and her, like the aggression in her face. And you're like, oh my gosh, what is Frozen 2 about to be about? It's not, this is not going to be for kids. Like it, that was my immediate thought. I remember seeing that and seeing like these like fight scenes and stuff and I was like man they up their game yeah I definitely remember seeing that trailer and having to pick my jaw up off the ground and say to myself like this is not the like fun bubbly frozen that I'm familiar with like Mm -hmm. something crazy some type of crazy change I think it really built up a lot of anticipation because the trailer was extremely vague Mm-hmm. You had no idea what this yeah. movie was about besides that there had that there was some type of magical forest and everybody was like fighting for things and Elsa was running into oceans and you're just like what is ha- what is going on? I think with Fro- the original Frozen film the way that it ended had such a nice clean bow on it. We didn't really touch on it when we were talking about it, but I think kind of the ending note for that is that true love doesn't have to be romantic Mm. it can be familial yeah and so Anna's act of true love and saving her sister um was the thing that that saved her from a frozen heart and all that storyline um but it ended so cleanly Mm -hmm. that everyone for me anyway when I heard that there was going to be a frozen sequel I was like what the heck is it going to be about yeah and I think the so for a, a you know a summary of this movie this movie really feels like a prequel in a way because it really helps the um the viewer understand and discover how Elsa got her powers how this kingdom came to be more of the history of her parents Mm -hmm. which like we when you watch Frozen 
you're just like, oh, this girl has powers. Her parents are gone. Like, there's so many plot holes. <laughs> yeah. That you're like, and Frozen 2 fills all, I, in my opinion, fills all those plot holes in. Yeah. And almost feels like you're like, okay, I understand Frozen now. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that they did that because I feel like it helps you better understand who Elsa is and why she has the passion that she has to be able to discover who she is as well. And the kingdom, why it's established the way that it is, the history of Arendelle. Like, it's just... It's very cool to see these characters develop in their own personalities while also reflecting on the past and how they came to be. Mm-hmm. So basically, this movie is about... So um, Elsa and Anna are in the kingdom, and Elsa begins to hear these noises calling from... Ah! <laughs> I was like, please, is she going to make the noise? I love that. I can't wait to hear that back. But that is the noise that she hears. And she is wondering, why is this calling out to me? Where is this coming from? And she learns through the story, the past of her mother's stories of this forest, this magical forest that seems like a story to begin with. But they, I think they, she begins to realize that I think this forest exists and I think it's calling me. And she wants to go into the unknown, as they say, <laughs> and, and go discover what this forest is. But she is absolutely unsure of what it holds and what it's going to do, how it's going to unlock everything and so she's like i'm off and doing this and anna's like you're not going without me i'm going with you and she's like no no no, i'm gonna go but then they end up going and um also did do the does the fire and the air and the wind come before they go to the forest yes yes that comes comes before okay yeah so these elements there's four different elements there's fire there's wind there's earth earth, water water Mm -hmm. and water and so those are the four elements and elsa starts to see these kind of pop up in arendelle and it's like what is going on something is not right um and her in her calling back yes to the voice that she hears then these these elements elements start to come to be a part of yes to kind of take over arendelle and she's like i gotta figure out what's going on but basically they go into the forest they discover these different elements they meet these people that are a part of the forest that have been like basically frozen in time so basically they find out that their grandfather was not good to these people in the past Mm -hmm. um it was supposed to be this this treaty that they were going to be able to form a bridge between arendelle and the magical forest and be able to combine their people but really it was their grandfather's way of trying to separate them and um and and kind of get his way in that so they discover more about arendelle and and the truth starts to come out and then elsa is still curious as to what where her powers are from and, and and what happens and they actually while they're in the magical forest discover this boat and they find out this boat is the boat that their parents actually died on Mm -hmm. which is emotional in itself but they find this map which leads to Atahalan, which Atahalan is where she where elsa feels like she's being called to and she wants to go and discover what Atahalan is and when she gets to Atahalan, man that is the most beautiful animation i think i've ever seen in my entire life she steps into these elements she's through this ice cave she's figuring out what's going on and she finds out that the fifth element is ice and she is the fifth element yeah so i think that like one that was a great summary of the film really i feel like you watched the whole thing okay Uh, but still there's still more to that Mm -hmm. but there's a lot overall i think 
there are a handful of themes and messages to pull from this movie. The first one that you touched on that I think we should talk a little bit about, which I don't know how much people like invest this thought when they watch this film, um, but the idea that the Northuldra, who are this essentially Mm -hmm. indigenous people group of this magical forest, are invaded by Arendelle, mm-hmm. uh, Arendellians, how whatever their name is. Um, yeah, I think that's right. And they're manipulated into believing that there's going to be a peaceful civil union between these two people, there's uh, and there's not. And I think that that is a really strong message that um, is becoming more prominent and prevalent in today's age of. Um, injustices that happen to indigenous people, African Americans, um, Mm -hmm. and minority people groups throughout the U.S. specifically, where um, I think the idea of Elsa and Anna finding out that their grandfather had a role in this cuts deep. It's tough. It's tough to swallow that, but I think it's also really important to note that in this film they acknowledge that their grandfather was in the wrong and they do what they can to reverse his injustice. Yeah. So I think that's a really important piece of the film that's kind of a secondary note to the bigger themes. Um, But I really thought that was a a good message um, and example for Disney to put in this film for people to see. It's People make mistakes, but it's good to acknowledge them and do what you can to to make up for that mistake. Yeah, and I think it's very important that in this movie, when um, Anna and Elsa are meeting the Northaldra, sorry, they assume that Anna and Elsa are there to hurt them because they are from Arendelle. And they have to almost defend themselves and say like, hey, that's that's not who we are. And um, that's not what we want this to be moving forward. And they are searching for that justice. And I think that's it's really powerful to see that happen. And then see them stand up for them as well Mm -hmm. another message that comes later in the film you know their father on an elsa's father being from arendelle and their mother turns out to be north aldra Mm -hmm. they're essentially like a blended family and the idea for um anna and elsa that is put out in this film is that because of the love and sacrifice of their parents they were actually rewarded and blessed with yeah. Anna and Elsa. And so um, there's something to be said about people who go through that that struggle of, you know, we come from different cultures, we come from different places, but we choose to see each other through love. Being rewarded, I think, is another strong message too. Yeah. Wow, I'm really glad you touched on that. Something that is very strong in this movie is the focus on mental health struggles and... I personally really connected with that in this film. Uh, once Elsa arrives to Atahalan, she goes a little bit too far and ends up risking it all to discover kind of who she is. And from that, um, kind of shoots out her last sign of like, I need help. Um, and things start to become very dark. We see Olaf uh, disappear as he was a part of Elsa's powers. And we see Anna get to this very 
dark place and we've talked about this before in our in our music episode we talked about um the next right thing which is a song in the movie that's really heavily focused on just depression and mental health and how to take the next step when there really is no clear path ahead of you when that song played in the movie and that scene's happening when when Olaf's going away and you just see a lot of hope lost in people but to see them continue to just fight on and continue to find the light and keep going like I, I was so emotional in the movie theater watching that because that was something that I was struggling with at the time and like was it was hard for me to to find the next right thing take that step find the light and I just think it's a beautiful message for um, kids and adults that these things are like depression is a real thing and so is any type of mental health struggle and it's okay to feel emotions um, and to and to sit in it sometimes to sit in the sadness as we see at the end of the movie you know Elsa ends up being okay everything's fine and um, that's great but there is this like period of time in the movie where you're not sure what's going to happen next and I think life often hands us situations like that where you sometimes get lost and confused and don't know what is around the corner so I think that's definitely like a huge message from this movie and I'm really glad that they you know shed light on that and um, the pain that kind of comes from some mental health struggles so yeah I personally really resonated with that I think in the realm of Hollywood they definitely are doing a great effort in trying to normalize these mental health struggles Mm -hmm. but I think it's equally as important if not more important to normalize recovering from them as well yes there's always hope there's always the ability to find something to live for and I think that that moment for Anna where she can choose to just sit there in that cave and not find a way out not look for the literal light at the end of the tunnel that she's sitting in um and for the message to be this is hard i'm hurting but i can put my next foot in front of the other yes and make it through today and i think that for a lot of people um what i see a lot of times is people losing their struggle losing Mm -hmm. their fight to mental health being portrayed in these films and things that we see and it's it's really heavy and so to actually have this moment where yes grief happens to us all we all experience loss it's part of the circle and cycle of life Um, there are things that are hard there are things that the world puts on our shoulders that can put us really you know in a deep and dark spot that's really hard to find like how do you climb out of this hole where how am I going to get out of this but that's it is possible and there is help there's always you know a new day ahead of you and I'm really really thankful that that's the angle that this movie took um they they highlighted the realistic nature of grief and loss and depression but at the same time they showed Anna rising above it and finding a way to find strength amidst her pain because I mean in this scene you know Anna is assuming at this point that her sister has has died and she's now lost Olaf as well. So she's she's literally in this dark cave where the light is at the very top and she has to climb her way out of this hole. And just that symbolism of 
having to sit with grief, but realizing like, I've got to keep going. Mm -hmm. Like this is not, this is not the end. There is more. Yeah. And I just think it's very powerful. And especially for what is supposed to be a children's animated film as an adult watching it, it's like, whoa, this, Mm -hmm. this hits really hard. And I hope it is encouraging for kids if they have a bad day and whatever that bad day looks like, whether they are personally dealing with, you know, really hard grief or something just didn't go right with their day and they're not, they're struggling that they can continue to take the next right step and do the next right thing and move towards their personal version of light. So yeah, I just love that. Having those moments in these films allows for conversations to happen at home as well. You know, if a kid Mm. doesn't quite understand what this scene is about, it gives parents an opportunity to explain to them, you know, sometimes people get sad. Sometimes you have a hard day. And what Anna is trying to tell you is that all you can do sometimes is do the next right thing and ask yourself what that is. And so I think that's a really great growth opportunity within the family that these films Mm -hmm. allow um, people to have. And another moment um that I wanted to touch on specifically Mm. with Olaf kind of in this it happens before Anna's um Anna's moment there Mm -hmm. uh but Olaf is this character that I think represents innocence and he's fun he doesn't really understand the world he has (laughs) a song where he's like you know this is normal but really it's not and there's a moment where Elsa tells he and Anna that she has to do something on her own and I can't really recall all of the steps in the plot but he she pushes them away and Olaf and Anna are sitting together and Anna's kind of ranting and saying she's angry and Olaf says you know I I'm feeling those things too and it's the first time he's experienced anger yeah. and hurt. And, you know, he says, like, she pushed me away, too. And I think that's it. another topic that is kind of a secondary um, message. But there are so many things that happen in the world where, you know, an innocent kid or person who hasn't experienced hard things before is all of a sudden opened up to hurt and pain and it being normal for them to express that and I think in that in that moment Anna tells him that's okay Mm -hmm. it's okay to be angry you should be angry she pushed us away (laughs) um and I just thought that was like a a neat moment in the film where Olaf who's always funny and silly and happy is is confused by his feelings because he's feeling something new that is hurtful um and Anna sits with him in that and says you know it's okay to feel these things Mm -hmm. um I thought that that was a intentional little segment that they could have left out that adds to Olaf and Anna's characters in the film. Um, But I think the last thing that we should really talk about is Elsa's self-discovery in in this movie. I think that that's what this film is all about. It's what we're all waiting to get to the punchline for from its its beginning. It's this, there's this girl. She can shoot ice out of her hands. She can, she's the snow queen. (laughs) Just some chick. Some chick. How'd you do that? How'd you get that? Who are you? What are you? <laughs> like all these things. And I think this movie is is a great way to fill in those plot lines. Like I said before, as she's discovering who she is and going to Atahalan and which is you know this this island in the middle of the ocean that's just ice. It's just solid ice. It's a frozen river. It's a frozen a- river. 
there's a lullaby that's sung to Anna and Elsa by their mother that tells them all that they need to know about Alta Holland <laughs> as a kid. I mean, if you listen to the lyrics of the lullaby, it's for sure exactly what they've been looking for the whole time. And there's this moment where Elsa's riding across to Alta Holland. She is like, of course, oh. Alta Holland is frozen because yeah. it's the, the lullaby sings of a river. And so she discovers, oh, well. Although I feel like it looks like an island. I know it's It's like a glacier. It looks like a glacier. It looks like a glacier island. It's also in the water. Iceberg. It's like, it doesn't really, if it's a river and it's just this big. What if the Titanic hit Atahalan? (laughs) (laughs) A whole new plot line. (laughs) A whole new plot line. The Titanic hit. (laughs) I'm I'm done. I'm I'm done. I just thought iceberg and that's what my mind went to. But I mean. It is so powerful where she's riding on this water horse. She's experienced all of these elements real time. She's experienced the fire. She's experienced the wind, earth, and now water. And she's approaching what she doesn't even know yet is the fifth element, which is ice. And when she's on Anta Holland and she's trying to like step into her power, as they say, it's all becoming very clear and emotional to her that she is this fifth element and that's why it's calling out to her because she is a part of this experience and i feel like you watch this whole scene happen where you can just see with every step that she takes she's just like she it's all making sense to her so that moment in the trailer we were talking about where she's like being pummeled by the ocean um that's the moment where she's trying to get to Otta Holland mm-hmm. she knows that this is the way that she has to go when she finally harnesses the spirit of water so these elements each of the elements that we've talked about they kind of have this um embodiment or figure that is the the physical being of that element so with the wind it was like this giant tornado type thing and mm-hmm. um olaf calls her gale then with fire there's this little gecko looking guy I forget his name but he's super cute oh my gosh bruni <clears throat> bruni yes Bernie. and the water element has this horse mm-hmm. it also has a name that i can't remember um and the earth has these big giants mm-hmm. or rock giant guys um rock giant guys and so there are these physical embodiments of these elements and as elsa's going through her journey she kind of harnesses and controls and is able to these elements that were seemingly out of control she calms them down Mm -hmm. and allows them to become more peaceful than disruptive and destructive and so i think that that is the precursor and kind of the foreshadowing that she is that central element and Mm -hmm. spirit that that is able to keep everything at peace and that was kind of the idea with the Northuldra and Arendelle is that there was you know what was supposed to be peaceful became not peaceful and disruptive and and hurtful and so now Elsa is able to step back into the forest control these elements calm things down for the forest and the Northuldra people and as she's approaching Atta Holland the hope that she's going to discover who it is that's been calling out to her and why she's been called to this forest is kind of 
the lyrics to the song that she's singing called show yourself Mm -hmm. she's asking this voice to show themselves could you please you know reveal who you are to me because i've come all this way and i'm just dying to figure out who you are and why you've brought me here and as she's journeying into Atta Holland and getting closer and closer to figuring out, you know, what who this voice is, who it is that's calling her, and what does she discover when she finally gets there? That her mom is the voice that's been calling out to her. Yeah, so Atta Holland, the idea is that it holds all of these secrets and anything that you're wanting to discover, it can tell you the truth. Water holds memory. Yeah, water holds memory. Um, and so the the call that is heard throughout the movie is the call that her mom made when the North Uldra and Arendelle armies kind of went to war. And so she gets scared, she makes this call, and that's when Anna and Elsa's dad comes to save her. Um, and I think I think there's a multiple a multitude of ways you could interpret this scene and what it is that's called Elsa but I think the the biggest thing the like punch in my gut oh my gosh moment for me was for me no one knows me like my mom knows me like Mm -hmm. there is just something very I don't know what the word I'm looking for is but there's nothing like the love of a mother your mother is never going to look at you as you know anything less than her child her you know beautiful baby Mm -hmm. and um in that moment Elsa is you know looking and searching and she's asking you know who are you why are you calling to me and then she figures out it's her mom and she calls back to her and then in that moment she says I am found and so I think that it's just like that moment of it's it's been you all along it's not, you know, yeah. the, I, my spirit or part of me has been a part of this forest. And so it's brought you back here. But what you've been looking for, the approval you've been looking for, um, it, it's just you. There's nothing else. It's just you. Um, and so I think in that moment, you know, she's like, I don't really know what I interpret her to have discovered when she says I am found. Yeah. But... <clears throat> I think she she goes through another physical transformation. The animators do one of those things again where... They're like, new dress time. Yeah, so again, the dress transformation, it becomes lighter. It's a white tone. The cape that she's... Yeah, and the cape that she's wearing is even more translucent. Her hair goes from braid to fully down. And so it's, again, kind of unraveling who Elsa is little by little. Um, That dress is I'd wear it. I wear it. It has all the <laughs> elements on it as well. Like it's just like is breathtaking. Yeah. And so there's this beautiful moment where, you know, she gets this new transformation. She steps into the middle of this symbol where all of the elements collide and she's the center of it. And like Courtney said before, she discovers that she's that fifth spirit. And so I think that that's really it's hard, like I said, I think you can interpret it in a multitude of ways, but she gets there and there's no big like, aha, it's just you are who you've been meant to be all along. Mm-hmm. You didn't need to 
change or do anything different. You as Elsa, you as you are is enough and you were created for this specific purpose. Yeah. And in that moment, Elsa realizes what that purpose is and feels yeah. so sure of herself when she's been questioning things all along. Absolutely. And I love to see after she's discovered who she is that she's like, I want to stay here. I want to stay. Mm-hmm. I want to be a part of this forest because these elements need me. Oh, and, and she like, feels a sense of belonging. And yeah, it's like this is home mm-hmm. for her. And so we also get to see Anna become queen Anna. Queen Anna. Which I'm like, yes, queen. Yes, girl, <laughs> you better be queen. And just the way that they wrap that movie up is just very beautiful. And like, you see them be Anna being able to step into her kingdom and Elsa being just being able to step into her kingdom as well, mm-hmm. which I think is really sweet. So, okay. We're going to end it with some fun facts. Rapid fire. Okay. Rapid fire. I know this has been a long one, guys. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Okay. Fun facts. Well, first off, um, the Chris Buck, who is the co-director of this movie, he actually lost his son during the writing of Frozen 2. And so that was actually a big part of the storyline for grief, which I think is um, obviously very heartbreaking but also him being able to work through his grief mm-hmm. in writing this movie and being a part of that as the, the co-director, I think, is very powerful. Um, and I did I did not know that until I watched um, a Disney Plus show that I'll go into later. But Yeah, I think that it's... He lived out that exact thing that they wrote into Anna's character of he's going through an extremely difficult time, grieving, and the next best thing for him to do the next right thing for him to do that he knew his son would be proud of is to continue this work and Mm -hmm. he actually allowed that experience to influence this film um, in a way that could help so many other people um, and communicate that these experiences that we go through in life such as grief or moments of depression are are, they happen to almost everyone Mm -hmm. agreed Okay, so next fun fact, Frozen 2 is actually the first sequel for a Disney princess. So, the, and it was actually released in theaters. Yes. Little Mermaid like and... DVD releases. Yeah. They, they've had other ones in the past, but this is the first actual, like, full feature film that was released in theaters and obviously was hugely successful. Yeah. In Lost in the Woods, Jonathan Groff, who plays Kristoff, also provides the voice of all of the reindeer backup singers. They are close to 18 different vocal tracks. 18 different vocal tracks for all those reindeers. He's so talented. If you listen to it and you hear all the voices, just consider the fact that it's actually just one person. (laughs) Mm. Okay, um, next fun fact. On a storyline involving losing Elsa and Olaf... Um, was also based on Kristen Bell's real-life experiences. So we talked about Chris Buck and his experience with loss, but also Kristen Bell influenced this storyline, um, and she you know, has made statements that she really struggles with being a codependent person, um, and there's a lot of good and bad that comes with that. And so I think with Honest Character, she you know, won't let Elsa do anything by herself, has to go, has to be involved. And then in this moment when that person that she's constantly attached to and all of her actions are kind of based around is gone, she has to actually 
sit with the fact that she's alone and by herself and I think that that was really important again for Kristen Bell who actually voices on his character to have some type of um, personal connection to Mm -hmm. her character and what she was going through to put so much emotion and effort into Anna in that moment Mm. that's so good on a lighter note (laughs) Olaf's hilarious Samantha line was improvised by Josh Gad and actually made it into the final film so if you are not aware of this moment um there is a song that starts with Olaf trying to figure out why all these elements are going crazy in the forest and he's like it's fine everything's fine this is normal this is totally cool and he's like looking around hearing these noises and he he looks down a hole and he goes Samantha I don't even know Samantha (laughs) which is so hilarious and I thought that was improvised I I love that that makes me so happy he just spits off this nonsensical stuff that's hilarious oh, it's so hilarious so hilarious to the point that it's completely unintentional and not planned and it makes it into the film the Olaf monologue when he's speaking to the Northaldra I die I'm like this is so hilarious did you know that there's an entire Disney Plus series coming out mm-hmm. based on that I'm so excited I think it's I probably will watch it on repeat. I think it will be yeah, my it's new so favorite funny. thing. He like tells the story of Frozen in like thirty seconds, basically, in the most hilarious way. Where it's are so their good. parents? Their parents are dead. <laughs> Ice Palace for one. Ice Palace for one. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch that. So good. I have to watch it's it. So so good. Okay okay. If you made it this far, <laughs> thank you. Um, if you had to break this up into two parts, we totally get it. There's a lot we had to unpack today. So thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Small shop shout out. Here we are again. Yeah, we're here again with Happily Ever Threads. Tell us about Happily Ever Threads, Court. Happily Ever Threads is actually a company by a girl named Allie. She creates a lot of different Disney shirts and apparel of sorts. Um, I actually have a short shirt by them. She did a university series for her mm-hmm. shirts where she did like monsters university and had like little elements on it she had fantasy land tomorrowland different lands in walt disney world different movies just like things that were important to um different disney disney movies that we know today she made different university shirts for them which i thought was really cool i have a tomorrowland university shirt which i think is so cool it has like it has space mountain as an element it also has I have to go back and look, but it has like three little eminence. It looks like a university crest, like you would see on like a sweatshirt. So mm-hmm. it's so fun. If somebody were to see you wearing it, they would have to pay close attention to realize it might be Disney related, which I love. I love the subtleness of it. Um, but her stuff is really, really cute. And um, yeah, I don't know. I love it. My current favorite is this new sweatshirt that she put out for the holiday season and it has kind of an outline of buddy the elf oh. and he's wearing mickey ears and it says mickey i know him <laughs> instead of santa i know oh him my gosh, so which cute. i think is so perfect i love buddy the elf and i if i can combine buddy and mickey why not i think it's um, great yeah absolutely so definitely check them out on instagram it's happily ever threads We are back with Disney Etiquette 101. 101. Our new favorite way to end these shows, giving you a little bit of insight on how to be a kind and considerate guest (laughs) at the Walt Disney World. All right, yeah. So for today, we are talking about being aware of your surroundings. You, when you are at a Walt Disney World park, 
there is so much happening around you you have to be aware of what's going on you cannot be on your own planet uh i definitely have been around people who've been on their own planet and it's not always pleasant i am often without realizing it that person i am often the person that will stop in the middle of a crowd just to look at something and forget that there's thousands of people behind me so i am know this all too well and um, need to be a lot better at, per- at it personally but um i think a lot of people think that they paid a lot of money to be there so they can stop wherever they want to <laughs> and what they fail to realize is that there are lots of other people trying to get to certain rides and different places behind you and there are lots of crowds and they're trying to funnel people through and if you need to stop for any reason it is great if you could just step out of the step out of the line of traffic and just pull out stand your, over there pull out your phone or your map if you need to but just get out of the way first i am the person that's making a beeline for something mm-hmm. and the person in front of me decides to stop and i run into them and then they get mad at me i'm like well you kind of stopped yeah, in the middle of the walkway <laughs> um another thing to be aware of if you are a Disney guest when you're being conscious of your surroundings is if you are pushing a stroller Mm. please be aware of the people around you not everyone pushes a stroller and sometimes the people in front of you have that person in front of them that just stops out of the middle of nowhere and I have definitely gotten a nice big knock to my ankle by a stroller before so um (laughs) yeah gotta love a classic ankle attack just watch where you're going get out the way if you need to and Watch be them kind. strollers. Be kind. If somebody bumps into you, it happens. Just say, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Or just, you know, don't <laughs> be rude. Yep, that's our two cents today. Okay, so next week we are going to be jumping in to our resort rewind and recap. What resort are we reviewing next week? We are reviewing the one, the only, the fabulous Polynesian yeah, Village Resort. Yeah, we love the Poly. We are so, so, so excited to talk to you about this deluxe Disney resort and all that it entails from rooms to pricing, amenities, food, transportation, you name it, we are going to cover it. We have the privilege and honor of having our own court stay there not too long ago so she is fresh on what is current and new there so be ready to first timer get all the details yep i'm so excited to share with you my experience there and kind of what both of us think about the resort as a whole so but in the meantime you can catch us on instagram at the castle chat you can send us an email at thecastlechat@gmail.com. you can write us a review you can do all the fun things we love hearing from you guys and hearing what you guys think of the castle chat yep we are so appreciative of every single one of you that tunes in and listens to us every week if you're new here welcome thank you for joining us you are always considered part of the fam when you come hang out with us in the castle chat yeah absolutely and with that we will leave you with what we always leave you with there is a great big beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you go make it magical see you real soon bye